This is Inside Out Podcast. You know how we do. We're going deep into the mental, but we also touch the surface. This is Inside Out Podcast with a purpose. 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 What's up, everybody? Y'all already know what it is. It's another episode of Inside Out. I'm your host, Amanda, a.k.a. M, a.k.a. Mugga, a.k.a. M Mugga. What's up, everybody? What's up? What's up? What's up? Listen, today I'm promoting AA Auto. They at 1428 Windrum Avenue, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yo, anything you need for your car, hit them up. They reliable, man. I'm telling you, I go there personally myself. They are good at body work, engines, transmissions, minor electrical problems, brake, oil changes. They even do car washes out there, man. Go down there, see what's going on with your vehicle. If you got an issue that you're worried about, I'm pretty sure they'll be able to hook you up, let you know what the problem is. Definitely go down there, see what's up with them. They have affordable prices. The customer service is great. If you need any more information, you can hit up my man Tone on Instagram at Tone underscore lava. Once again, if you got any questions, any other questions that I wasn't able to answer right now for you today, you can hit up my man Tone at Tone underscore lava on Instagram, man. Make sure y'all go check them out. I'm telling you, that's a black owned business and they get the job done when it comes to your vehicles. No matter what the problem is, I'm pretty sure they could diagnose it. Like I said at the end of part one, this is going to be the second part of my story. So make sure y'all relax, y'all chilling, y'all in a comfortable space, and make sure y'all got your ears tuned in. This is part two. So without further notice, it's time to ask myself, what's the matter? What's the matter? Hello, hello, hello. What's the matter? What's the matter today? So during high school. I still was a little, not a little, I was a lot of depressed and a lot of sadness, confusion. Um, Being on medicine and feeling like, feeling like I can't function without it, just based off of things that I've been told from my therapist, psychiatrist, and all these other so-called experts. It just really made me feel worthless. And I really felt like my life had no purpose. Um, a lot of times I, I would just 
write things down and I would give them to my therapist and uh, except for me actually talking to him, I would allow him to read some of the things that I was writing and basically that's how he kind of, how our sessions went. And uh, I went to him for a while, like I was with him for a long time, like since I was 12 to almost like 16, I think I stayed with him, 17. And uh, life went on and I was still on medicine and things like that. And uh, I started smoking weed in my last year of high school. That's when I started smoking weed and and that really took a toll on my life also. Like smoking weed had become a part of me without me even like really knowing how big of a part it was to my life. Like I wasn't smoking heavy on my last year of high school, but once I got out of high school and now I'm 18 now, I'm out on my own, I'm officially grown in my eyes or in the eyes of society 18 you know and I started abusing it like I started abusing the weed like it was days I couldn't eat unless I smoked before I eat and um that's pretty common to be honest like I know a couple people who can't eat until they smoke to this day but I use I use weed as a crutch um I personally feel like it's not always the substance that you're using, but no matter what it is, if you are abusing it and it's altering your eating habits and your everyday life, then I think that's an addiction, and I think that that's I think that that is a uh, that's not that's not good. You know what I mean? Like I didn't know that at the time. I just knew that it helped me take the pain away. So I thought. So I wind up smoking a lot, smoking weed a lot. I started losing weight. Um, and then that's when I met my son's father it was after I graduated high school. And things just was, was, things were beautiful in the beginning. You know what I'm saying? Everything has that honeymoon phase where things are just beautiful in the beginning and you don't see certain things because you're blinded by love and fresh out of high school and he was older than me so it was like a lot of things I accepted a lot of things from him because I didn't know what love was and at that time he was I thought that that he was teaching me what it was you know what I mean and uh me not having a male figure in my life to show me what love is played a major role in me thinking that what I was enduring and what I was going through uh, was love. Um, so I'm in love now. I'm in fake love now. I call it fake love because it really wasn't love. It just was what love was in my eyes at the, at the time. So I'm in love now and I'm, I'm going through things that a 18-year-old, 19-year-old shouldn't be going through. Like, 
I'm dealing with I'm I'm dealing with uh physically fighting him. You know what I'm saying? And uh I'm thinking that that's normal. This is what you do when you're in love. You know what I'm saying? I'm not knowing that physically fighting. Now, I don't say that I was in an abusive relationship because anytime we had a fight, I always fought back. You know what I'm saying? It was always a fight back, but did I hit first? No, I never did that. But I don't consider it an abusive relationship because I never I always I always fought back. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm fighting, you know, fighting a man and I'm thinking that this shit is normal because I don't know what you're supposed to do with a man besides have sex with him and I'm thinking this is love, you know what I mean? I don't know what's going on here. I just know that I'm stuck in this cycle of waking up in the morning. Like, it was so bad to the point where I would go to sleep and I would have a dream that we fought and we would wake up and we would fight that day. You know what I mean? Like, and, uh, like I said in in part one, I'm going to talk to y'all about my spirituality and my experiences in another um, episode. But for now, I'm going to just stick to my story, um, leaving high school and becoming an adult. So about 19, I'm going through this. 19, I'm 19 now and and I find out I'm pregnant. Um, I find out that I'm pregnant. I'm not sure if it was 19 or if I was 20. I think I just turned 20 and I found out I was pregnant with my son, my beautiful baby boy, Ori Alim. And uh, when I found out, it was like, it was a, it was a bittersweet moment for me. Cause at that time, I felt that that's what I needed because my son wasn't a mistake. You know what I'm saying? I kind of planned my son. I just knew that I loved his dad so much that I needed something in my life to love more than him. So I needed to take a part of him with me. And we both planned our son. So he just was planning for different reasons. You know what I'm saying? And I was planning for my own personal reasons and so I could love something more than I loved him. So that hopefully that'd be my motivation to get out of out of the uh relationship. And and me having my son, it, it worked, but it didn't work the way that I wanted it to work. Um So it was a bittersweet moment when I found out I was pregnant and uh I was depressed my whole pregnancy. Like bad, 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 bad depression My whole pregnancy I was crying I slept with my mom my whole pregnancy And my son actually wound up coming early um, Like four months early Because I was so depressed And because I was So, had so much anxiety And so much hurt And so much pain It's like my son felt that wasn't a good place for him to be and he just wanted to come early so he came early he was born um at 22 weeks and he only weighed two pounds but he was he was healthy man i can't lie he was a survivor survivor for real he wasn't even on no he wasn't on no breathing machines or anything when he was born he stayed in the NICU till he was five pounds and then i was able to bring him home and 
I could tell y'all that that was the best moment of my life, walking out of that hospital with that baby carriage, with that car, with him in that car seat, walking out of that hospital, finally being able to take him home. Um, that was a beautiful time. That was a beautiful experience. Uh, I was still like going through a lot of mental things when this when this was all going on and. My head was still not in the right place and I was still wrapped up in my own self and in my own thoughts and my own life. So so eventually my mom, my mom stepped in, not forcefully, but I kind of needed her help more than the average mother did. So uh, she stepped in and my son, during his first year being born, he spent a lot, a lot of time with her and she basically raised him and did everything she needed that I was supposed to be doing for that first year that he was born. And it was some, that's something that I used to regret. But now that I'm older and I have myself together and I'm doing everything that I can to make up for lost time, I appreciate that I had somebody who could do that. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate that she did step in and she did help me and didn't judge me. Well, if she did judge me, I'm pretty sure she probably did, but she didn't do it out loud to make me feel even worse than I did. So, uh, I appreciate that. And I love her for that always. So, uh, my son was attached to my mom. Like, he's getting better now because he's getting older and he's spending more time with me and things like that like for the last couple years of his life so it's it's getting better so that's one of my main goals is to build the bond that I should have had built when he was a baby when he was newborn and things like that but I still was going through the motions after I had him and I was still smoking weed and I was just still all fucked up. Like, I'm gonna keep it real with y'all. I was just all fucked up. Like, and uh, there was times where I would stay with my son dad and we ain't have food, you know what I'm saying? We ain't have heat and we ain't have a lot of things because even though I had my son, I still would, I still was attached to him. My mind was still attached to him. So, I would stay with him. I would hold him down, you know what I'm saying? And I would be there. And let me tell y'all one thing, ladies. Being there for a man is not enough. It's not enough. Just holding him down is not enough for a man to do right by you. It's just not. If it's not in somebody, then it's not in somebody. If they don't love you the way you love them, then they just don't love you that much. Or they don't love you that hard. So now I'm just kind of dealing with not feeling loved by the person that I I'm in love with or not feeling like feeling like everything that I'm doing which I really wasn't doing shit but being there holding you down staying here letting you know I'm here to go through the struggle with you is not enough you know what I'm saying and I'm dealing with that like on top of depression and things like that by this time in my 20 2021 20, I already had stopped taking medicine and things like that I already I stopped doing all that, um, so I'm solely dependent on the weed to uh, cope with a lot of mental mental turmoil that I was having, which at that time, 
at that at that time i'm thinking that the things that i'm going through are um are are just so i'm thinking that it's just more than what it is you know what i'm saying like the pain is what really made me feel like what i was going through was it was it made me feel like what i was going through was 10 times worse than what what was going on in my life and it was the pain it was the way that i dealt with the pain and uh um so i'm not on medicine at this point like i stated and i'm just smoking weed and eating when i can and i always had the option to go home though and and that's what i mean like when I say being there with, for somebody or with somebody, when they going through their rough times, is not always enough because I, I had the choice. I could always come home. My mom always had her own. She always looked out for her kids. She always did the best that she could. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't have to be there, but I chose to be there just based off the fact that I felt like I this was where I was, should be. I loved him, you know what I'm saying? And uh, on a relationship aspect, it was breakup, makeup, breakup, makeup, fight, breakup, fight, breakup, makeup, breakup, makeup, fight. You know, it was the back and forth, back and forth. I did that shit for like three years straight, and it took a toll on me because I, deep inside, I'm feeling like I, I can't leave because I'm feel like this is, this is what I deserve. You know what I mean? This is what love is. This is, it don't. I don't know if it could get better than this, cause when it's good, it's good. But when it's when it's bad, it's bad. You know what they say. So I'm thinking that this is this is what uh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. That's what I'm thinking in my head. This is what this is this is why I'm here. This is the life I'm supposed to be living in. Um. So. Um. So after that, it was an incident that happened at my mom's house and uh i just always had bad anger problems like to be honest i always had bad anger problems when since i was a kid like i was the person who was punching on walls and slamming doors and and things like that so i always just had bad anger problems and bad anger issues so that right there kind of made things worse when I did kind of get in arguments or go through things when I did go home to my mom. Um, so push come to shove, I'm 21, maybe uh, 21. And I get into an argument with my mom and I wind up, I never put my hands on my mom or my siblings or anything like that or my sister, nothing or my baby, nothing like that. It's just that my anger was just like horrible. So my mom used to say that she used to get scared that I was so angry. She thought I would hurt myself or, or you know, I don't know. But she has every right to be, you know, scared of me while I'm like that because I know that that, that that's a horrible person to be. And I try my hardest not to be that person. Um, now to this day, like I can't, I can't imagine still being like that. So push come to shove, I I wind up kicking 
something down the steps but my mom was down the steps like not at the steps when I kicked it like I kicked it at her but when I kicked it it's like uh it went down the steps like I wasn't intentionally trying to kick it down the steps at her and uh that scared her um this is what she told me she said that scared her she wound up calling the police and the police wound up coming up to my mom's house and uh they came in all aggressive and I already have authority problems you know before this incident so like I'm not cooperating with them I'm not trying to hear what they saying I'm not trying to listen to to them I'm not trying to talk to them I'm not trying to do anything with them I feel like anything that's going on between me and my mom we can handle ourselves because um I never put my hands on my mom or I never, you know, threatened my mom or anything like that. So I didn't understand why she was so, so frightened, so, so frightened because I was angry and I'm always angry. Like I always used to get angry um, and I always used to have spells where I used to just get so upset. I used to punch walls and like to the point where my knuckles was bleeding and I used to slam doors like to the point they came off the hinges and things like that so I didn't understand why she was so so scared you know what I mean to the point where she needed to call the police um so they come in the house and the minute that one of the cops come in the house these are her words quote and I quote I'll fucking taser I don't care I'll fucking taser those are her words when she come in the house now, just to let y'all know, I'm not being threatening or anything. I'm just sitting on the step, at the top of the step, because that's where I was 